This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Welcome, everyone, to Liturgy Live. It is the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and my name is Alana Berg, and with me, as always, is Father Ian Van Heusen. How are you doing, Father? Doing well, Alana. Good to see you. Good to, uh, good to connect. Um, it's a crazy weekend. Uh, we had uh, ECU is uh, shut down, so students are, some students are going home, some are staying in town, but definitely a very different environment. So we'll see how we're going to move forward. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really I'm really comfortable. I feel like we have a good team. We have a good group of folks. And so we're going to adapt and flourish. That's why I keep saying. Um, so I just want to say congratulations for your, the awesome event that you pulled off oh, this weekend. Thanks. Um, check, go to his page and check it out. Uh, it'll probably be pulled down today uh, to be put on the website. So check well, it out. When, we're, we're thinking like Wednesday, but yeah. Okay. So and, by the time you listen to this, check it out is what I'm saying. So, Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was a great weekend. A lot of fun. Um, I got to hang out online. So also follow Father Ian on on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Catholic link here. <laughs> so, and we're also on YouTube. So, you know, give us a follow, a like, a share, all of those housekeeping things. Um, and today is our first day of homeschooling and we survived. So huzzah. <laughs> this is, a, this is, it's been a great day and now we're going to get into some scripture. So Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask, do you have a restream pulled up for the chat? Yep. Okay, cool. All right, let's jump into the readings. All right. So from the prophet Jeremiah, mm-hmm. you duped me, Oh Lord. And I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me and you triumphed. All the day I am in an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out. Violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more, but then it becomes like fire burning in my heart imprisoned in my bones i grow weary holding it in i cannot endure it so it's pretty powerful absolutely and and pretty raw and real I, mm-hmm. that's one thing that i love about the prophets they don't 
they don't back down from saying like this sucks <laughs> you know elijah the other week where it's like napping a snack right <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's a sense that um, I think one 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 thing people have is a perception of what's holiness is that holiness is maximizing positive emotions, always being positive, always being upbeat. Right. And so this really kind of goes against it. Right. Uh, I I think if you look at St. Aquinas gets into there's 11 principal emotions. And um, so the 11 principal emotions and the, you know, half of them are difficult, half of them are positive. And they talk about the, the emotion of despair. And that is just sometimes the world just feels wrong. We just feel like everything's like everything's up, upended, you know, and it's okay to feel that topsy turvy. Now we distinguish between the, the emotion of despair and like giving into despair and dwelling on it. But I think there's something to be said for that, just that emotional intelligence, right? That, yeah. Yeah. And also how difficult it is to follow the Lord. Yeah. That <laughs> right? too. He does not make it easy. It is actually extremely difficult. And this brings forward an age old, you know, frustration of those who want, who love the Lord, who do the work of the Lord and, and come to this feeling of, yeah. I am done with being treated this way, you know, but then, like he said, it was like burning within him. Like he must do what he was created to do and and how much we want to fight against that and it's a real that's why i said it's so raw because i i feel like that's so real you know and it doesn't shy away from that reality i wonder if part of it also i was thinking about this when it comes to negative emotions and just having a bad day i wonder if when we're in the flesh and we're self-centered we project our bad days onto other people, right? So people will say, I need to cut, like if somebody makes me uncomfortable, I need to cut them out of my life. If, if somebody challenges me or if, I'm, if, I, if I feel frustration with somebody, I need to cut them off. And I think this gets translated with community where, you know, community is messy, right? So why should I be a part of a church? They're all hypocrites. Well, guess what? In most organizations, and if you're in groups, bigger groups, you're going to deal with difficult people. You're going to deal with difficult circumstances. And I think what some people choose in our modern world is they opt to be completely by themselves with maybe their group of two or three friends, but even then they might cut them off at a moment's notice. And that's just not a way to live life. I, I think that's something that's profoundly important is investing in people, but also getting through hard times with people. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense. And that sometimes these particular parts of people aren't who they are in entirety. It's easy to kind of mask them in this one sided opinion of them or this one um, interaction. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where, where it's like, Oh, these, this person is this. And then kind of close your mind to that option yeah. of, of, of moving past that and growing deeper into relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we see in this, the prophet Jeremiah, he's just wrestling with, he's wrestling with a lot of difficult questions. He's wrestling with, and, and he, and he's realizing that he was called to do this, that the Lord led him into it. And it's just, he's struggling with that, which yeah. is another thing is, is if you're following God's will, it's, it's going to be difficult as you mentioned before. And then you're going to wrestle with these, you're still going to wrestle with these difficult questions. Pope Benedict in the encyclical hope saves, he says, Yes, the believer struggles with the question of doubt in God's existence, but he said the unbeliever also struggles with the question of doubt 
whether God might exist, right? You can't escape uncertainty. You can't escape doubts. It's just a matter of what are you going to doubt? Um, and what, and then you're always going to have bad days, right? Um, that kind of dynamic. Yeah. And in sometimes in our humanness, our perspective is not accurate. Like mm-hmm. the way that we see the world is not always the, the full reality, right? Yeah. Our perspective is limited in mm-hmm. the reality of God. So when we are frustrated and we are doubting, our perspective is the one that's flawed, not God. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And, but that's hard. Well, <laughs> like I keep old... saying, this is hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's always, there's consolation, desolation, and desolations are always hard. They're always difficult. There's always darkness in your life. I think some people think that they can avoid that darkness, that they can avoid difficult times, but you just can't. Yes, really can. I'd also think that's a problem when it comes to people who who really dive into their faith and expect like once they get to a certain level that there will be no desolation. And when they realize that that's not true, the the despair is so much more deep. You know, it's so much harder to get over because their expectation was limited. Yeah. Um and they, didn't re- and they didn't read the gospel. And that, that's why I love the, the sections of St. John the Cross where he says, endeavor to be inclined always not to the easiest, but to the most difficult, not to what means rest, but hard work, not to the most, but to the least, not to the most satisfying, but to the least satisfying, so on and so forth. It's yeah. like if you learn to have gratitude in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials, that's the sweet spot, right? Yes. And also within that experience, approaching others and anticipating others with that knowledge of that struggle because i in our culture i guess i feel like people there's a tendency to look at others and say like well that's easy for me i don't understand why you struggle with this yeah you know so it's like but there's hard things for me that might be easy for them so just to have that grace and charity about Mm -hmm. interacting with people who struggle with different things right And, and that's part of the faith that's probably more spicy <laughs> that, you know, get, people get into a lot of specific problems talking about. But yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We have no comments yet. So if you guys want to tell us where you're coming from, uh, where you're watching from, and um, yeah, let us know what you think about what we're talking about. Well, well, who knows? Maybe they're a little tapped out in the live stream from the weekend because we did a lot of live streams because then we did the Saturday and then we did Sunday as well. Um, the, the mass. So they're like, yeah. we're done. We're done. <laughs> like, that's enough. Uncle. Oh, we have somebody tune in from Puerto Rico on TikTok. Cool, man. Right. Thanks. Yep. Good to see. Um, so are yeah. you ready for the second one? Yeah. Let's jump into the second reading. Okay. From St. Paul to the Romans. Mm-hmm. I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay. What a good, what a great reading for this moment. (laughs) Absolutely. Somebody even said that online. They said, North Carolina really need to hear this. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So uh, 
yeah, we're, we're dealing with a lot right now. And I feel like people keep asking like, what's the answer to these questions? Mm-hmm. And I think this is the answer to these questions right now Yeah. to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like dive into scripture, dive into, you know, praying and the liturgy and, and really yeah. just lose yourself in God so that this age doesn't deform, you yeah. know, where we go in the future because we can't like reform this, this situation. It's you, possible. You know, you know what I've learned during this uh, pandemic and everything is how many people's lives are completely centered on themselves and their family and their immediate circle of people that they just, they don't like, there's many people who don't have the capacity to give to others because they just haven't cultivated it. They haven't cultivated, they, have, they don't have skills to offer. They don't, they haven't cultivated the relationships, the avenues. There's like, there's a whole lot of people that maybe during the pandemic or whatever, they sat there and like, I want to do something for somebody else, but I don't even know where to begin to start. Or maybe that thought didn't even cross their mind. I've been struck by that. Like how profoundly selfish many people live their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a bunch of examples. I don't want to say them, but um, just, it's just, it's, but that's the thing is the key to true happiness is the more you're able to give, the more you're able to receive, the more you stretch yourself, the more you're able to give. Um, and I see that, that people don't want to stretch themselves. They, they want everything to be comfortable and yeah. 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 And it's also, they all, they're, the narrative is also like it should be given to you. Yeah. You shouldn't have to stretch yourself. So there's also that mental, that cognitive dissonance of like, well, I feel like I want to help, but also I've been told this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's, so how do we break past those thoughts that, you know, that I this think- is what we're called to do. We're called to serve one another and love one another mm-hmm. and, and offer yourself as a, as a sacrifice. Right. I think this is where fasting and penances come in. I think embracing discomfort um, and fasting and things like that. I've started to realize that, that one of the, the things I think that people who've really struggled to adapt and flourish in this pandemic, it's because they, they've made their lives as comfortable as possible and their family enabled them to live as comfortably as possible. And they just didn't, I mean, whether it's like suicide drills at sports events, right? Like a practice where you, you bust your hump for the last five minutes or the last 10 minutes or a half hour of practice. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, they, they, they didn't know how to push through discomfort. And I think that's, yeah. I also think so that within that thought, I also think that people have also have either lost their mission, the clarity of what they're supposed to be doing or have failed to discern a new one yeah. depending on where they are in their life. So it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So then I kind of just like become a lazy, you know, what, like, it's like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, so the momentum and that fire, right. Because Jeremiah knew what he was called to do and had been doing it and been punished for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah also had that fire burning within him because he knew what he was what God was calling, literally calling out of him. And there's a lot of us are all over the world who don't know what we're called to do. We don't have that discernment mm-hmm. or we don't, 
or we haven't been called yet for certain things, right? So in the midst of, of all of this, it's also easy to get into a um, complacency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would say that if you're, if your life is only centered on you, your, your spouse and your job and your kids are even narrower than that, that's just not, that's, that's, that's not the way to live. That's not, that's not what we're called to. Yeah. Um, And, and And each person's gift is different. So they're, their ability to serve will look different. Absolutely. So, so yeah, get off your butt, man. <laughs> get off your butt. I feel like this is, I'm taking this all personally. I feel like this is about me. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a, well, I'm a, you we've been at car? home. <laughs> get off your butt. I, I, I'm, I on, I'm online with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but <Doesn't count. laughs> our, our, our essential work is literally at home, you know? So, yeah. It's just, so many mental blocks for the situation, you know, like I would say maybe take your, I mean, well, maybe this is a good little moment of spiritual direction. Find a soup kitchen in your area and take your kids there this weekend. That's I, yeah. That's the, I think they have a youth night. I, I don't even know if it's open yeah. to do that. Like that's the problem, you know, it's like, I don't know what's possible right now. But now that we've kind of kicked it off, that's the other thing is like, we've been trying to wrap our brain around homeschooling. Um, so now that we've kind of kicked that off, then we can focus on moving forward outside of our immediate situation. But we do have comments now. So. Yeah, and I got a few. I got one um, on TikTok. You were my priest in uh, SP. Is that? St. Peter's? Saint, um, but, but I'm still there. I was your priest somewhere and thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I'm not sure what SP is. Ah, maybe it was SB St. Bernadette. Maybe it's just St. Peter. Um, but all right. Maybe they well, moved away. Yeah. Oh, maybe um, you moved away. That's a good point. All right. Well, well what all right. So Ellis Spears says, great to see father online watching from California. Thank you, Ellis. Um, and Michael Rollin says, unfortunately, this pandemic has highlighted the egotism fear that I will be hurt. That is also true. Like there's a lot of, th- normally it's hard for people to move outside themselves and surf in, a, in their, in the comfort outside of pandemic. Right. Yeah. I would say that that is true. Now that it, there is this fear mongering social, like the whole social situation is so overwhelming that it, it's even harder you know what I mean? You're called even more to co- go outside of yourself, but it's even more difficult because of new social situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys for commenting. So, so any more, anything else about St. Paul and not conforming yourself to this age? Um, yeah, I think I, one of the things I think we need to get back to a little bit in, in, in the church is uh I mentioned penance, but also things like vigils. Like, so the, the more that like, the, I, I love the fact that like in traditional Catholic cultures and, and they would do things like in Guadalupe, they wake up at five in the morning before going to work and they, they stay up all night and things like that. I think those, some of those dynamics are, are vitally important to building that sense of virtue. Right. And there's something about that. I never understood it early on. I always wanted to be like rested when I entered into mass 
And I didn't realize there's a beauty in being profoundly uncomfortable with like a midnight mass or a five, five in the morning mass or mass where you're fasting. You know, I mean, you can't have every mass can't be that uncomfortable, but there is advantages in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can offer offer it as a sacrifice, right? Absolutely. That's that's exactly what St. Paul mm-hmm. is saying here. And then in the midst of that, hopefully you can then discern what is the will of God, mm-hmm. what is good and pleasing and perfect, because some t- it's extremely d- difficult to do that in the lazy lake of of comfort right absolutely Absolutely. all right let's get into the next reading all right the gospel we're doing good on time and um we've been on for about half an hour Mm -hmm. so the gospel from matthew jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. When Jesus said said this, said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm -hmm. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the son of man will come with his angels in his father's glory. And then he will repay all according to his conduct. Okay, so it's a very serious reading. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty serious when the Lord calls you Satan. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, the uh, I will say, I think Peter is probably the closest to Jesus, right? And he's the hardest on him. I think there's, there's two, those three inner circle, James, John, and Peter. Um, I suspect James and John were younger and Peter was a little bit older and John was clearly the, the beloved one. He was clearly the favored one. And, but Peter is like, I mean, he's like, he's the one that Jesus lays into the most, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's constantly rebuking him, which is fascinating. It's like the closer you are to Jesus, the more you, the more you're going to, you're going to see that side of correction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, this is an old Testament idea. That's incredibly important. That is, it is good to be punished for your sins and it's good to be punished for your, your weaknesses um, that, that to rejoice in that. Does that make sense? Yes. Because it's in, in its own way, discipline. Yeah. And, and correction versus punishment for the sake of punishment. Yeah. So, and then that, that discipline, which I think a lot of people, when they have a hard time with the sense of God disciplining, um, and punishing in the sense of disciplining it's because they didn't have a, a figure in their life who, who provided that like a coach, right. Who chewed you out when you messed up, but you, it was motivating or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you grew from it. Um, which, you know, like I've always said, I've said it many times, probably on this show, everybody 
nobody likes the idea of an angry God, quote unquote, but they, they love the idea of coach K getting fired up and, and laying into his players and trying to motivate them. Right. right. Um, yeah. You've so, said that, you've said that multi- many times. So I think that that's, you know, a very good way of repeating, you know, like it's good to be disciplined in this way. It's good to be reformed continually, right. To continually work on these things that, cause we fail all the time because we're humans. Peter failed because he's mm-hmm. a human. But also, like last week, we talked about his the authority given to him. Yeah. God gives authority to humans who fail. Yeah. And that's... Well, and, of course, and of course, there's nobody who doesn't fail, which is, it's just ridiculous to say that, like, I, as I get older, it's like, of course, of course, Peter failed. Of course, all of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us fall short. Yeah. And, and if you have the expectation that somebody will never make mistakes, then you're going to end up alone and bitter. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what happens to people who, who have those kinds of expectations. And Uh, that, and that they're the power of the Holy spirit will also guide the church in its own way. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's a way we don't understand. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to, you know, navigate sometimes Um, understanding the church, but that even leadership can in a way that they don't understand, try to say, Lord, this is, we don't, God forbid this happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't understand the plan, your screen went weird yep. because, because he didn't understand what was happening. He didn't understand, you know, the salvation that was about to occur. Right. The, the great act of self-sacrifice. Then, then he was like, of course, we would also say like, God forbid this horrible thing happened to God, right? It was the worst thing, worst sin ever is to kill God, yeah. <laughs> right? But at the same time, God had plans to transcend that, right? Mm-hmm. I Man, I'm really tired this week. No, it's making perfect sense. I got a question. Okay, for I'm you. like, um, what do you? I think one of the biggest danger for parents. There's, there's multiple dangers, but particularly moms is they keep their kids safe and they shelter them and they don't allow them to like kind of step out into the world. Um, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a tricky balance, right? You Mm -hmm. don't want your kid to get hurt, but you, you have to, you have to allow the possibility of your kid getting hurt. Right. And I think, oh, there's so many, like, I mean, there's so many reasons to protect them in certain ways because like human trafficking is, is a real problem. And, you know, just there's a lot of problems in schools right now. Um, so some protection I think is okay, but also that they have to have the ability to take care of themselves Yeah, and, and fend for themselves in that way. I think you just put a chip in them and that'll solve it. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I just got really big. <laughs> just put a tracking chip in. What's wrong with that? What could possibly go wrong with that? Sorry. And now everyone stopped watching. <laughs> Everybody's like, he's lost his ever loving, yeah. he's lost his ever loving mind. Please no. hope. Hopefully, people understand satire and jokes. <laughs> In this in this crazy time, uh, we're not we're not important enough to be taken out of context. 
Maybe Sometimes that's so freeing. Just, I'm not important. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I'm not important enough to be taken out of context. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, but that's the thing is, is yeah, that, that's it's an interesting dynamic. And I think there's ways of doing that, right? I mean, you got to almost kind of, I, there's got to be situations in which they learn to, you know, I mean, I think that's why camping, things like that can be incredibly important for yeah, more. And sports. Yes, I mean, sport. sports is a way where you go and you put the, them in a situation where they have to deal with loss and they have to deal with doing hard things, right? Yeah. And it's not, and it's still supervised. So they're not. Yeah you know, in a, in a unsafe environment, it is really, it is really difficult to, as a mom to be like, okay, well, I want them to be like this, but also of all the things, you know, of all the horrible things that you hear as a mom, you're like, also not that. (laughs) So, um, and, and also, you know, in the nineties with the latchkey kids, like my husband was a latchkey kid. He's like, I just walked home after second grade and with a key to my house and I was there and I, you know, watched cartoons and it, you know, had my snack and did my homework. And that's, that was just normal for him. Yeah. Where for me, like that didn't happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that's what he wants. He doesn't literally want latchkey, but he wants them to be able to go and do things. Yeah. You know, so I understand. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference between fathers and mothers, why you need to balance of both. Fathers say, hey, here's 20 bucks. Go have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- fathers throw their children as far as they can up into the air. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could have ever done that if I had had a kid, but that is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And so. it's, it's, you know, like mom is safe and dad is, is a little bit more like dangerous, right? Like yeah. allows that expenditure but there's both and that's a good balance yeah absolutely. Um, michael Rollins says is there a parallel to the temptation of jumping off the temple roof the lord's will not ours um to his to the lord's temptation and i mean well of course you can always see like some kind of interconnection let me give me a second let me work on it so so, so the, the one, and this is actually, I was just talking about this with somebody today. We're talking about the book of revelation and what I would take the view of actually I was talking about this with a theologian, father, Dennis, Billy writer, spiritual writer, teacher, uh, professor at universities, father, Dennis, Billy. And he said, there's two fundamental ways of, 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 of approaching scripture. He talks about Platonism and Neoplaton. And, and that influence on the church fathers. And what they would say is they would see patterns and then they would see interconnections with, within patterns. The opposite view, which is more modern is the only focus on particulars. So like to say, well, there's no interconnection with things to deal with each thing separately. And there, there can be a little bit of a virtue in that, but there can also be a problem with that. So if we're seeing the pattern, well, what is the pattern? So Jesus is being, he's going to the cross and Peter's trying to pull him back from the cross and like, like let's play it safe or you don't need to suffer. You don't need to die. Satan is trying to tempt him to, to rely on God's providence and to be saved by God. Um, I think, I mean, I think there's a common theme of safety and maybe we could look at it as different approaches to safety. Right. So like, Yeah. When you were saying that, it, it's also like doing kind of God's work, but at the wrong time. Kind of like what you said last week yeah. about about doing the right thing at the wrong time and how kind of the Lord 
not the Lord, that like demonic for the devil will have you do things that are good, but at the right, the wrong time in the span of when you're supposed to be doing things. Exactly. I talk about this a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, though. So, I mean, yeah. So trusting in God is good at the right moment, but not. Yeah. And then. Well, cause, cause he was like, throw yourself down. And so he, he was like, the possibility is death and yeah. God will save you. Well, he did put himself in a, in a situation that was death. Yeah. And he died and, you know, he sacrificed himself, but at the right time in the right process. Right. And, and surrendering to the Holy spirit. Right. So, so that's also, you know, like how do in, in, within this context of Peter, you know, thinking about like, okay, Peter just heard, just told Jesus that he was the son of the living God. And then he heard that he was going to die, yeah. you know? So it's like, no. Absolutely. This, I, it just occurred to me with the pandemic, with the, um, the laying down your life, but at the wrong time in the right way. So the devil tries to get him to lay down his life when he's not, when it's not the appropriate time. And I thought about this with this pandemic, right? If we recognize our need for sacrificial love and our willingness to die, that could get us in trouble in this pandemic if we were brash or if we, if we, we, yeah. If we didn't have discernment. If we didn't have discernment. Discerning the will of God, like the second reading, right? Like Absolutely. It's important to hold those things in tension. And it's so easy to be, hold them like, not even close to each other in the extremes of like you either do nothing or you do things that actually hurt other right and and exactly. we have to hold these things in tension so that we don't so that we're able to discern the will of god but also like you were saying not have this oh, words you know the the ability to do the right things at the right time, right? You have to have that docility to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it makes sense. Sorry, that took too long. No, sorry, I got, I got, I got a message and I got distracted. Okay. I've, like my phone keeps ringing and messages <laughs> coming through, and and uh, yeah, so it's just sorry. Totally it's okay. That's all right. I was just struggling over here with words, <laughs> and you missed oh. it. It's fine. <laughs> sorry. Uh, what'd you say again? Just repeat it. Just, just so much. Just the the holding things in tension and needing to be docile to the Holy Spirit um, in yeah. order to um, do the right thing at the right time. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, and the big thing is, is we love certainty, right? Um, we love certainty. And, and, and the more complex something is, the less certain it is, right? So even in this pandemic, you could have been doing exactly what you were called to do and what you needed to do. And you're going to still have people pissed at you, almost guaranteed. Right. You know, if you did nothing, people were mad at you. If you did something, people were mad at you, especially if like you're in leadership role. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, what, whatever. And, or if I did something that didn't look the same as somebody else did. Right. Like that comparison, which can be in your mind. Right. Like I didn't do enough. But whenever I hear enough, <laughs> I always know that like, OK, I need to really think about what I'm thinking and what am I actually doing? Because whenever I hear enough, it's usually temptation. Absolutely. For me personally, that's my own personal. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Because I'm usually 
pushed to do more than I should. Yeah. Um, which That's- is probably normal for people who work in the church. <clears throat> All right, we have temperament. Yeah. We have a comment. Ellis Spears says, "Can Father comment on how Christ revealed Himself and His mission to Peter and the apostles throughout the various scriptures events? It must have been very difficult for them to comprehend." Yeah, I, I mean, I I would take the tr- I would take the, the the route that it wasn't until they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that all kind of came together. I think they I think they. And there's something about it that I think they, when they reflected on it more, it all started to make sense. Right. Um, Maybe the few that were on the two that were on the road to Emmaus. Yeah, exactly. Had it so literally all, explained, <laughs> but after the resurrection, right? Well, this after. is, and this is actually an idea in the, um, in the, in the church fathers as well. It's St. Ambrose talks about it in his mystical mystagogy, where after they, in the early church, the idea was they would baptize them and give them the sacraments and then they would explain it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, I I had this theory for years because I'd been reading this in the office of readings, but now when it comes up, I remember it's either St. Ambrose or St. Athanasius. I think it was St. Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Cause and it's on catechesis it's, on baptism. That's it's, similar to the RCIA actually. No, that's the idea of the RCIA. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so be, the, but the problem is, is they don't keep them in an RCA group after their sacraments yeah. to teach them the misagogy. Yeah. That's- well, and, they, and then you normally explain everything before the idea was that you experienced it and then you reflected on your experience. I think there's other ways of doing that. I mean, it's the same thing with saying Natius. You don't, you don't learn head knowledge first. You experience something mm-hmm. and then you have it explained to you. Right. Yeah. Which but- is why having I mean, this is going a little bit more into evangelization than culture that we usually talk about, but in within the evangelization and catechesis sphere, like it's so much more powerful for people to have a, an ex religious spiritual experience of, of the person of Christ and then lead them in through RCIA than somebody who's coming to RCIA, but has never had any experience. Well, I think at the core, this is what, now I, I'm gonna. This is slightly controversial in some circles, but the whole question of alpha and some of that. So there's this there's this dichotomy that can be somewhat true, but can be somewhat problematic. Which is, do we focus on experience, or do we give solid intellectual formation? And I think there's kind of a blending of the two. Of course, well, you know me. Please don't like, do that. Oh, Please hey. don't do that. <laughs> no, of course, of course. I'm channeling your sister. Yeah, I hate I hate when people do that though, I and mean, it's like I was joking around. I was joking around with one of our missionaries. Uh, the, the the team director was saying, "Well, you know, this year we're going to really be able to dig deep and form individuals." And he pulled that classic one you you, you encounter in ministry all the time. It's not you that's doing it; it's the Holy Spirit. It's like, yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for pointing that out. Now back to what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally just triggered you, and it was hilarious. Sorry. No, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, that's like the, the you, you do the, well. I mean, yes, broadly speaking, both and is always, always true. I mean, not always, but it's a good percentage of the time true. But well, because it's the extremes, it's the things that are that not connected that are a big problem yeah. that cause the most problem, right? You said it's it, what you these 
paradoxes can be prob problematic if you keep them. Yeah, you you try, to you try to resolve them. You go to one extreme or the other. It's right. the, the paradoxical tension is the idea. Daily Bach, Daily Bach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I was doing a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also chess, like I'm, I'm more of a chess. I, I read more Chesterton than De, De Lubac, so it's just where my brain goes. Does like, he talk about that a lot? Well, and I think oh, he does. He's that big much. on. He's big on on explaining paradoxes in the way that it makes sense in tension. Yeah, and that's often a good. I mean, that's often a good way to think, is is to is to imagine. One, I think there's also um, a good way to think is to start with what what do you definitely not want to affirm like what would you want to deny at first um, mm -hmm. with some of the things like this is clearly wrong this is clearly wrong on two sides everybody's calling me dang it stop calling me <laughs> <laughs> don't call me i'm I don't live to to i'm live I guys to to but all right oh so, man i got heartburn and i'm tired yawning oh, it was a long weekend man i know it's awesome and we're live we were a little bit late but it's okay and, but we're about 45 minutes in. Um, so I have a thought about kind of what you were talking about. When it comes to extremes and things that should be held in tension, mm -hmm. um, I think I lost the thought. Sorry. Yep. We got a little wonky today. Yeah, all, okay. these, all these dang people calling me, all these comments. <laughs> but it's just how to think of, you know, how to approach these things because there are a lot of good people who have good intentions who have more of a disconnected um, yeah. thought process. Um, how would you go about helping bringing the things back into tension? Yeah. I mean, I think what it is is normally is, uh, you know, deny, deny, you know, the classic deny little affirm nothing or affirm nothing, make distinct or affirm little deny nothing, make distinctions. I think that's a little bit, over of a simplification. I think everybody recognizes that, but if you can, it, it's just, it's a method of thinking, which we've done over and over again. And once you internalize that method, which I think that's one challenge people have is they learn information, but they don't learn methods of interpreting information. Like what is the underwriting structure, the underwriting skill? It's a skill. I think that's what I would say. It's a skill that you practice on a regular basis. And that's where I would say, be careful when you say, well, it's just both and okay. Yes. But like flesh that out, like put, put <laughs> like put like teeth on that. Cause you can say both and, but you're not like, you're not delving into it. Right. Well, it can be both and, but not held in tension. Right. Yeah. Like well, it, yeah. and that would be wrong. Yeah. Right? Or, not, yeah. not both extremes. Like yeah. there needs to be more, more, like you said, um, fleshing things out and of ideas and discussion and like, how does this work in critical thinking and reading um, things that are in context, right? Fully, instead of just taking, taking short quotes to prove yeah. a point. Does that, I feel like that's happening a lot. Um, uh, I mean, right now it is terrible philosophy skills being done in public discourse, like tons of logical fallacies, tons of intentionally vague, the way they structure things, all kinds of just ridiculousness. But I think we're gonna have to end on prayer because I got to go. I'm getting messages up the wazoo. I got to run over okay. to the parish. Um, I hope everything is okay. I heard that I'll, North Carolina is kind of 
a mess last night. So Charlotte, <laughs> so let's let's pray for the cities because. Oh really? All, whoa, 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 whoa. Who was saying that it was? There was uh, riots. There was riots in Charlotte last night. What? Yeah, you you need to. Like, I'll send you it messages. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Um, yeah, it's, it's the other diocese, so I don't know as much about Charlotte. Mm. Charlotte diocese. Well, I do. It really is like two different states, but all right. All right, let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for our good state of North Carolina. We pray for our students. We ask you to bless all who are watch or listen to this. In the name of Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. All right, thanks. Have a great week, guys. So take me to the fountain I seek. It's welling up, it's Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com dot app slash breadbox.